Hi, I'm Kyla. And this is Jay. And you're listening to Strange Fruit by Louisville Public Media. Welcome back to listeners. So as you all can hear, um, allergy season is in full effect here in the Ohio Valley child. Um, I'm doing my, it's been many years since, remember when we first started this podcast, I always had throat issues. <laughs> like the yes. first, probably yes. the first year and a half listeners and y'all go back. And we didn't have the, the cough button, so no. you would be like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, okay. No, Don't no, make fun. You didn't, okay? you didn't ever do that. But all that to say, y'all, uh, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to suffer through uh, for the sake of listeners. It's still Halloween season, y'all. I'm still super excited. Um, I guess this will become our official Halloween episode. Yes. It's going to be very scary. Okay, so um, if you're scary like me, before warm, we're going to talk about Dracula. We're going to talk about some theatrical um, <laughs> horrors. Yes. Um, and so let's just hop right into it. Welcome to the show. Two wonderful actors from the Actors Theater of Louisville production of Dracula. We have... Christian Wiltshire. Hello, hello. Yes, and yes. And Neil Robertson. Hello. Yay. Welcome, welcome, y'all. So as I mentioned, you all are in the current production of Dracula at Actors Theater of Louisville. Um, listeners, if you're outside of the Louisville area, Actors Theater is internationally known. Uh, we have the Humanity Festival of New American Plays. A lot of really famous productions that have gone on to Broadway and, and to tour the world have actually debuted here in Louisville and, and kind of worked their way through the kinks. And so um, a lot of famous actors have, have been here. And so you all are just... Um, another folks in the long line of of, of famous uh, and soon to be famous actors. The act um, Dracula y'all has been going on for thirty something years, right? And actors, is that right? Very long time. Very long, Very time. long time. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that it was. Uh, yes, it's an annual production every year. Yeah, yeah. that's it's awesome. It's become a yeah. real tradition. It, ha- at this yeah, it has. Oh, now, it. Neil, you've been you've done Dracula before. This is yeah. This is my actors. second year. Your second year. Mm-hmm. What, what about you, Christian? Have you done it, actors before? It's my first year. Oh, newbie. Right, oh my god. Right. So how are y'all finding the performance? Performances and the audience reactions thus far. Like, how are you liking it, enjoying it? It's both so as a veteran fun. and as a new as a new person. Yeah, right. It's it's really fun. Um, you know, we don't just do performances for the public. We also do performances for student matinees. Mm. So a lot of kids, all not only just in the Louisville area but all across the state, um, get to come and see the show. A lot of kids, it's their first arts experience ever. Like they've never been to the theater before. And those performances are my favorites yeah. because they freak out. They scream, well, they scream bloody murder in a way that adults won't, you know. Oh, my They're God. They're very composed and they, <laughs> they get scared, but they, they remain quiet. But children just crawl the walls yeah. and scream. Because, Christian, it's like a legitimate, as I mentioned, I scare easily. Like, y'all have blood <laughs> oh. and, like, gore. Like, so this is not like, oh, cute. It's, it's not like, like for a real. cutesy scare, or right? a Disney In version fact, it's of recommended for, like, certain, like <laughs> no. you want to bring probably your six-year-old. Is, does it get a little scary? It's the real deal. I mean, okay. like, on top of blood and gore, there's jump scares, there's oh, fire, there's intense fights. Oh, it is a wild ride. Oh, wow. Yeah, so for people who don't know, like, we've all heard of Dracula, right? Either yep. on the, the box of Coco Crispy. What, you know, like, what was that? <laughs> that was Count Dracula. Count Dracula, right? No. Or, you know, the Count from Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah. Who are my kind of vampires. Neither right. one of those counts are but scary. But I'm saying, None of them, no. so just, if you all give us the premise, <laughs> what is the premise of the Dracula? We know it's an old fable, a fairy tale, old fable. What is the premise of the Dracula storyline? Dracula, who is he and, and what is he trying to do? Well, I mean, so Dracula is 500 years old. Oh. And uh, he's thirsty. He's very thirsty. Oh, child. It's coffin season. It's coffin season, right. So he's looking for some people to, uh, you know, get to know a little better. Yes. And oh he decides God. to uh, make a trip to London mm. because Transylvania, there's just not enough goodies there for him. Okay, yes. So he comes to London and he meets a few characters, uh, one of them being me and uh, my fiance, and I don't appreciate that very much. But uh, <laughs> he snacks on a few folks in London oh. and tries to... Uh, 
take over. And okay. uh, it's a it's a scary ride, but we do our best to try and take him out. He enslaves Neil's character, Renfield, oh, and has him, you know, doing his bidding and things like that. So mm-hmm. it is uh, quite scary. Yeah. yeah. I know it, it sounds kind of like erotic, but then also like kind of well, like naughty. I mean, of course, like vampires counts. I no, mean, Taurus all of that. Kind of- yeah, I mean, there's there's one, there's a certain queerness when it comes to the vamp, mm. with, yeah. you know, in the sense that they require blood, yeah. right? So regardless of gender and mm-hmm. sexuality, they need the blood. They're they're thirsty for that. So yeah. Yeah, I love that about it. In our show, he's got this line where he's talking to Van Helsing, but let us discuss these matters when I have you all to myself. Yes, all yes. to myself. That's what yes. I mean. Like, they're yeah, seductive right. yeah. and they're scary. But, I mean, I so, well, I mean, this One of our favorite sounds... shows together, Doc, was True Blood, the, the series mm-hmm. True Blood, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what we loved mm-hmm. about it was, um, which I also love about about this production of actors, mm-hmm. the, the more the racial diversity, right, that you have so. vamps and just everyday characters that are of all different um, ethnic and racial varieties, yeah. but also just the, the ever-present queerness, right, that that in the world of, of I guess, bloodsuckers, that kind of there <laughs> there's no male or female or straight or gay, mm-hmm. they're kind of like, hey, it's a good time for everybody. And mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah, I appreciate that. But but I want to hear from you all because, as I mentioned, it is a pretty, from my opinion, racially diverse cast. If you look at the headshots, you have uh, some decidedly black folk, decidedly white folk, mm. folk who are racially ambiguous and everything in between. Um, and we know from having actors on the show before, Doc, Actors Theater, that is, they're really committed to diversity. From you all's standpoint, um, as actors, at actors, mm. um, what what, have you, what do you all feel about the commitment to diversity of all sorts from the people at Actors Theater? Uh, it's been a wonderful experience uh, joining Dracula this this year around uh, because from the get go, uh, folks as high as the director to all across the administrative staff have felt that we want to make this show as diverse as possible and. We want audience members who come from different backgrounds to see themselves on stage. I can't tell you how many times, whether it's at student shows afterward or in public performance after the show is done, I've had people of color come up to me and be like, it's so good to see you up there. And it's so moving because I've come, I've been coming to this show for years. I've come to Actors Theater for years. And oftentimes I don't see myself up there. So me carrying that burden, I, I embrace it fully. And it's just an honor to uh, be doing what I love. I love it. Yeah. Dracula has a story that, easily could be whitewashed. I mean, it's this Mm -hmm. European gothic thriller set in London, so you could easily just cast all white people across the board. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Actors Theater is so committed to inclusivity, um, not just in Dracula, but like all across the board, every show they do. I mean, I think they, you know, they're doing a show right now, A Doll's House Part Two, which is another show that has been primarily white casts, and it is a completely, Mm. it's it's a total cast of people of color. Um, so, you know, we're very lucky to get to work with such a conscious company. And there's an additional layer to this that Neil and I, our careers have been shaped in this town. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of artists in this town that have not had the chance to come to Actors Yet and work come up to us and say, it is so cool to see artists from this town yes. on that stage killing it like we are. I love it. I love so it. that's Love that too. It's great. That is so that is so wonderful and amazing. I mean, I've I've been a fan of actors and I'm very fond of them being very committed to equity and inclusion and diversity, especially when it comes to um a production like Dracula, you know, like you were saying, like it's a a fantasy sci-fi kind of you know, in that fantasy realm. And oftentimes, I mean, you saw how mad folks got at Star Wars and Harry Potter and Harry Potter. It's almost as if when it comes to imagination or things mm. that are magical, that the only universality is white, right, yeah. and whiteness. So 
I'm glad that actors is committed to saying yes. The imagination is also yeah. diverse. Right? So like, I mean, yeah, when it's fantasy, it's like how you know is it? Why does everyone have to be white just because it's fantasy? I mean, it makes no sense. But... And not just white. It's always British. Mm. You know, mm. anytime something is in a fantasy land or like even Star Wars, it's True. always old British. That's people. a whole other <laughs> right. right. without, without implicating myself. That's, that's a whole other so issue. The doc, doc and our best friends we talk about all the time. I struggle to watch films where everybody is British. Yeah, I, yeah. I struggle. Jay can't take British listen, actors. I'm, I don't I'm know not, why. I'm not He's the only person in the world, I think, who isn't like a fond of I'm a British indeed, accent. Uh, no, yeah. no, no. Give me an Australian accent, baby. I'll take it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Give me, you know, but if you get, and I'm like, why? Like, you like, she be like, watch this new series, and she be like, oh, and I'm like, girl, and she's like, yeah, I'm British. So I'm like, not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I just can't. I can't. So anyway, but now, I now don't throw any but, shade at Game of Thrones. I will no, not tell well, you. I don't watch Game of Thrones except like when they they leak clips of people's like. You know, like like butt shots and like something like, oh, yeah, they're they're bodies. Bodies. <laughs> like their bodies. Like their bodies. Yes. Oh, I don't watch the series for that. I'm just going. Yeah. Was it was Lisa Bonet's. Lisa Bonet's boo. Yes. 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 Oh, oh, everything. Yes. But no. Um. So. And in, in addition to doing the actual production and the commitments to diversity, you all are also taking Halloween costumes. For what and why? Why are you guys accepting Halloween costume donations? Yeah. So uh, Actors Theater collaborated with the Americana Center to put together a collection of costumes that we've used, whether in the past or fairly recently, to get out to refugees that want to have these Halloween parties and shindigs. And so that can be expensive sometimes. So what we do is we take costumes from the community and also stuff that we've used in our shows and get them out to these refugee children and all these other folks, and they get to wear them and have a good time. I mean, that is so wonderful, diverse. Uh, socially conscious. Yeah, I mean, right. actors is winning. I mean, do, do, I mean, I wonder if they have. Do you have anything like left over in the basement that maybe the little kids could, like, you know, like couldn't fit? That I could. No, I, they're not for you. I mean, no, for the kids I mean, at Americana. Well, yeah, that. But, they're no, not for you. Fair but I, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, me searching for Halloween costumes this year. Yes, yeah, they are very, very expensive, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's a shame that some children it's out of their reach to celebrate yeah. and be, and be festive. Not yeah. to mention like there's nothing like like donning an outfit that was actually on a Broadway stage, oh, right? Yeah. Like like I've gone like the Walmart route gotten like the fake me out Dracula where everything's vinyl. Yeah. Right. But if I can actually wear what Harker or Ryan uh, Renfield wore on, you know, with like right. some real like Dracula's blood on it, right. you just feel more authentic. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Do you all have a favorite part of the production thus far? Like is there a, a particular scene that was either challenging or really, really fun or your favorite that's a part of the production this year? Um for me so my little brother, he's 14 years old. He saw the show on Saturday, and I asked him after, you know, what, what were your favorite parts? He said two things. The crazy guy, who's Renfield, played <laughs> by Neil, and the final battle. Ooh, the final battle surreal. is something that we've added this year. Uh, it is a basically humans versus the army of the dead sort of battle that happens <sighs> with a whole bunch of uh, people that uh, Dracula has bitten and turned over to the other side. So we all have to take them on. I've got an axe. My wife, Lucy, played by Ren Allen, who's fantastic. She puts on a pantsuit and is throwing down with a ah. big old stake and uh, stabbing people. It is a crazy fight at the end, full of explosions. I'm swinging on a chain. I don't want to give it all away, but it is crazy. There's like 10 people yeah. on stage fighting at the same time. It's oh, wow. nuts. And people, people of all ages, like I understand you all have a lot of young actors as well mm-hmm. um, who play the undead children. So... Um, this this is a multi generational cast as well. Oh, yeah. 
What's that like? Because they say, like, in Hollywood, you know, because I'm, I'm a seasoned thespian, as I often talk about, that you never work with animals or children. What is it like working with, you know, what is it like working with children? <laughs> the children in this show are some of the hardest phenomenal? working actors in this city. Yeah. Um, uh, Austin and Vaughn Ramirez, the Ramirez family is notorious in the theater community. Legends. Because they, they are legends. <laughs> they are so talented, and they work everywhere. Mm. And the two little girls, Briley and Ella, are also incredibly talented and hardworking. These are people that work for Actors Theater, Stage One, Derby Dinner, mm. as well as at their school and in the community. So these kids are very seasoned yeah, professionals. That. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. They know our lines better than we do. It's hey, no, oh yeah. I also know from my years as a thespian, there's always somebody waiting in the wings, child. So you <laughs> oh, know that, oh my God. Listen, kids are cute. But if they start singing your your lines and doing your dance, who's better than you? Watch out for glass in your makeup, right? <laughs> watch out for like. like I feel marbles. like that's from Showgirls. I feel like that advice right? is from Showgirls. Yeah. Show watch girl, out you know, for like, a beaded necklace thrown onto the floor. <laughs> Listen, I have been there. I have been there, and it's serious. In fact, that's how I got this podcast. I was somebody else. I was cast, <laughs> no, and I basically slipped some some vodka in his coffee. Yep, and it was no. too dark to go on, and. Here I am six years later. Taking over. Um, so just to recap, y'all, um, this, this production is going to run until October 31st. Um, so you'll have just a few days once this podcast goes up y'all, to check it out. Yes. Um, but you can, again, you can Google Dracula and actors. It'll pop, it's the first thing to pop up. This is here every season. So if you don't make it this year, y'all, it'll be back. Um, next season, hopefully the two of you all will be returning again. Um, they're doing some wonderful community outreach, y'all. There, of course, we heard about uh, the costume drive for Americana. They have done a blood drive, um, like during opening week, to help um, with blood shortages. There's a lot of performances that are geared towards young people. People got a chance to, I think, hey, meet meet the actors. Have y'all done that kind of thing where people can come and yeah. like meet you all or get the autograph signed? So it's just really, really phenomenal. Um, let me ask you this: So when I come to check out this performance, what? When should I basically like close my eyes? Like, is there like a part like? Can, like, y'all don't y'all don't throw like the blood and stuff on the audience, do you? Or grab you people or, like close enough to me. This. Oh wow! Do, 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 that do, are, y'all, awesome. are, you all, are you allowed to touch me? Like, do I, do I need to sit in the back? No, but okay, I, if you him. sit in the front row, I will scream oh, see, in your y'all face. Y'all gonna be able to recognize me? I'm, I'm gonna be a disguise child. Y'all gonna be able to recognize me? I tell you what, um, Neil has this line as Renfield where he says, uh, "Every moment you remain here brings you closer to destruction." And I oh. think that summarizes okay, in that the case, show I so perfectly. No, the production. you will. No, the play sounds sexy. You will be there. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, everything. The lines sound. <laughs> I mean, everything it sounds does. so seductive. I, gotta, I, have to find, I have to find a date. Can I get? A, can I bring a plus one? I have to, I have to find a date <laughs> yes. for this production. Uh, listen, y'all. This is being Christian Wiltshire and Neil Robertson, two of the phenomenal actors from the Actors Theater of Louisville. A really, rather Actors Theater production of Dracula. Uh, gentlemen, thank you all for being here and uh, break a lash, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> they say break a lash. And then, and then lastly, how can folks get tickets? Oh, yes. You know, for upcoming shows, right? Because it runs until October 31st. That's yes. right. That's so, right. how can folks get tickets? You know, yeah, there's plenty of options. Uh, first, I'd say uh, go to Actors Theater's website. Mm-hmm. And if you can't go there for some reason, if you go to Facebook and check out their Facebook account, there's a bunch of links on there. Uh, visit our box office, which is right on Main Street, right at the theater. Um, I would recommend Halloween night. We have a 10 o'clock show. Oh, I think awesome. all of you should show up to that one that be and fun. turn in up costume. with us in costume fun. and have a good time with us. Yeah. Just throwing oh, that out We there. just might do that. Okay. Listeners, they're yeah. at 316 West Main Street if you're here in Louisville, or you can reach the box office at 502-584-1265 or, of course, actorstheater.org. If you're in Cincinnati, Indianapolis, y'all, come on down Halloween night. It'll be a fun time. You just may see me in the audience. So, <laughs> gentlemen, until next time, take care. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Strange Fruit by Louisville Public Media. We'll be right back in a moment. 
There's a lot of media coverage about shortcomings and problems. Back to school party, Red Barn got shot. But there's another side too. People in Louisville overcoming challenges and making change in their communities. We hold on to things that we shouldn't hold on to. We're shameful about things we shouldn't be ashamed of. Listen to them tell their own stories in our new series, Tough and Universal, Stories of Grit. It's a collaboration with Ideas X Lab. Listen Fridays during All Things Considered on 89.3 WFPL or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. You're listening to Strange Fruit by Louisville Public Media. All right, so let's hop right into Juicy Fruit this week, Doc. What's making headlines? Um, there's always something coming out of the White House. Mm, Trump mania, um, Trump madness, yes. yes. 45 madness. Uh, this latest <laughs> thing has to do with a, leak, a leaked memo yes. in which he's seeking to kind of redefine uh, gender um, in a way that would kind of usurp uh, federal legislation and, and even judicial rulings in regards to trans protections and how Title IX... Uh, which protects people from gender discrimination actually can apply to trans people. But so what's happening? Trump is seeking to kind of redefine what what, what gender means in a way that almost would make the notion of being transgender um, cease to exist. Yeah, non-existent, exactly. So Out Magazine, um, in their article regarding the memo, they say, in a new memo from the Trump administration, the Department of Health and Human Services is seeking to legally define sex as biological under Title IX, which prevents gender-based discrimination. It states that the government needs to define gender on a biological basis that is clear, grounded in science, objective, and administratable. It would define gender as male or female, so again, adhering to a binary, based on genitalia recorded at birth, and any individual's dispute about their gender would require genetic testing. So this, in, in just like you said, would basically undo all of the protections that Obama initiated, right? Because that's all 45's administration has been, is basically to undo everything Obama did in the eight years he was president. So that's the uh, what he's been trying to do. And so now it becomes something where trans folks, GNC folks, um, NB folks are not going to be able to change gender markers on driver's licenses and passports, uh, with this kind of rigid, binary-focused division of gender, um, it's it's completely transphobic. Yeah, and people won't be you able, transphobic I mean, won't be able to argue discrimination because no. it'll be very much based on what is one's birth or biological kind of gender. Yes. And in a, in a lot of ways, just like religious organizations seek to claim that being trans does not exist, it's not a real thing, it's mm-hmm. made up in your head. That basically that would be the law of the land, and so um, so cheers to that. And of course, there's the hashtag going on. People are using, we won't be erased, right? Yeah, yeah, we, we won't erase. be erased, yeah. and also trans lives matter. Yes, um, this and the third. And so I just wanted to say that the LGBT center after the memo was leaked this week, the LGBT center at the University of Louisville just wanted to ensure that any trans NB or GNC folks who need to who needs some help, who needs some support. They listed uh, UofL Counseling uh, Center. That's for UofL students only, but it's 502-852-6585. There's also a trans lifeline that's available to any and all, even outside the Louisville area, and that's 877-565-8860. And, of course, the Trevor Project, 1-866-488-7386. We got your back in solidarity and support. So, Reach out to those lines if you, you know, are just finding this week to be overwhelming and awful, uh, you know, and it's all 45's fault. I mean, yeah. it basically is. But I mean, needless to say, we stand trash. in solidarity and alongside, yes. you know, uh, our trans siblings. Uh, yes. as, as We stand alongside everybody, right? And so, yes. um, 
Yeah, so all um, of us so or G- none of us. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's switch gears a little bit, Doc. There's a case out of South Carolina making headlines. Okay. We've heard about some kind of off the wall things happening that happen in family cookouts and things that people get upset over like the last plate of the cookout or those kind of things. <laughs> but this dude um in South Carolina lost his cool because his cousin ate his potato chips. He shot his cousin. Um after one of his cousin, yo, don't eat my chips. His cousin ate his chips and he shot him. Um, Don't know. <laughs> so now he's no. facing, no, seriously, he's facing attempted murder charges. Uh, he shot his teenage cousin after warning his cousin not to eat his salt and vinegar chips. His name is Ryan. What? I mean, were they like Lay's salt and vinegar or they I were homemade Listen, salt and first vinegar? Of all, first of all, ain't nothing salt and vinegar going in my mouth, number one. Number two, <laughs> the only chips I might assault someone over is some Grippos. I know okay? you love your Grippos. And uh, if y'all are not from the Midwest, y'all, Grippos are the Gribbles. best. I hate he, that Grippos has, like, additional seasoning to yes, go with and you, it. And you can, yes, so let me yeah. tell y'all, if you if you are not from the Midwest, because yeah. they're made in Cincinnati, they're the best barbecue potato chips. They're kind of sweet, kind of salty. They okay? are sweet and salty. If, if you're lucky, you get a really, really heavy bag that's got a really lot of, a lot of orange seasoning <laughs> on the chips. And if you're unlucky, you can go Which, buy... Which, to me, I feel like it's just Lowry's. No, it's not Lowry's. It's because, not Lowry's. No, because it's there's, a special... there's, a, there's a sweetness to it, okay. yes. Right. But you can also buy the Grippo seasoning <laughs> in your spice aisle at Kroger. Mm. You can also buy Grippo's barbecue sauce. So, now again, mm. these in this case in South Carolina, they were eating salt vinegar chips. Um, now, initially when police showed up, uh, they, both cousins, both the victim and the uh, uh, assailant, claimed that it was a self-inflicted gunshot. So the victim was rushing to surgery with life-threatening ish- injuries, rather, and uh, once they recovered and they went underwent further questioning, they admitted that the uh, assailant, Langsdale, shot his cousin after warning him, quote, do not touch my chips or I'll shoot you. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> but for what it's worth, the cousin says, yo, he never ate the chips. So you know how, like, when you're a kid and you'd be like, don't touch me, you'd be like, am I touching you? Don't touch me, am I touching you? So maybe... He pretended to eat the chips, so he didn't really eat them, but it, it got him shot. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Wow. South Carolina. That's... When, when, when people tell you leave their food alone, leave their food alone. Food I mean, alone. I get it. I get that food be crucial, but that's just... That's not... So, so over some chips. It's not some time chips. to harm somebody in that way Agreed. over somebody's... Potato chips. ...bag of chips. Like, no. The last thing, Doc, before we go, and listen, listen I know I promised you all uh, a further explanation about Doc's Halloween costume. I promise I will not leave you all uh, in the dark. <laughs> but speaking of Halloween costumes, Doc, so Megan Kelly, who's the conservative talking head oh, on yeah. daytime television, mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. made headlines this week because she said, what's the problem with blackface costumes? She was on a morning show discussing with a, co- a number of other commentators uh, the what she considered to be this problem of PC culture dictating what she can and cannot wear as a Halloween costume. Mm. She felt like she should be able to be a nun, a cowboy, oh, but she should also, also be able to be an Indian, a Mexican. She should be able to be somebody black. And so she goes on uh, during this particular uh, conversation to say that when she was a child, it was okay to be, to be a blackface. Like, what's the big deal? And so... She makes this commentary about defending blackface. Don Lemon from CNN, of course, who who really I'm liking him a lot more. Well, it seems like he's getting woker and woker he, he as time woker goes woker. on. Yeah, it yeah, only took as time years, goes on. But, yeah. So he basically <laughs> hands Megyn Kelly her behind. So I want to play for you all uh, a clip from from Don Lemon on CNN that will have both the original audio of Megyn Kelly, but then also his response to it. Okay, let's take a quick listen to that whole conversation. So. The answer to the question of how a segment on Halloween costumes can go wrong is when you make it about blackface being okay. Here's NBC's Megyn Kelly. What is racist? 
process because well, because so truly you do get in trouble if you are a white person who puts on yes, black face yes. on Halloween or a black person who puts on white face yes. for Halloween. Like I, ba okay, back when I was a kid, that was okay as long as you were dressing up as like a character. Yeah. There was a controversy on The Real Housewives of New York with Luann as she dresses Diana Ross. And she made her skin look darker than it really is. And people said that that was racist. And I don't know, I felt like, who doesn't love Diana Ross? She wants to look like Diana Ross for one day. I, I don't know how, like, that got racist on Halloween. <laughs> white people putting on blackface and black people putting on whiteface are very different things. Kelly issued an apology to co-workers saying, I realize now that such behavior is indeed wrong. And I'm sorry. The history of blackface in our culture is abhorrent. The wound's too deep. I've never been a PC kind of person, but I understand that we need to be more sensitive in this day and age. D. Lemon. How much time do you have, Chris? I don't know, but you're eating into it with your silence right now. I, because I got so much going on here. Listen, I, I know, Megan, you, we, you know, we do this. Every, sometimes you say stupid things when you're live. But I'm just going to be honest. Megan is 47 years old. She's our age. There has never been a time in, that, in her 47 years that blackface has been acceptable. Um, there were all white people on that panel. There were no African Americans, no people of color there to say, hey, Megan, not cool. I wonder how much diversity she has on her staff. I don't know. I'm not there. But I would imagine there's not a lot because people would have informed her. This is what people of the larger culture don't understand about racism and about privilege. I don't know of many black people who are trying to be white people for Halloween or dressing up as white people, but I know a lot of people who do it for black people. She mentioned Luann, who I happen to know. I know Luann feels bad about the Diana Ross thing. It wasn't that Luann wanted to look like Diana Ross. She put on a wig that, was, that looked like Marge Simpson, right? Overcharacterizing Diana Ross. And there was no need even in that to put on dark face. Megan is not aware of the history of this country. It's not a one-off. Remember the whole black Santa Claus thing, which was offensive. I think people really need to educate themselves about this particular issue. And we need to realize in this culture that some people do have a privilege where they don't have to think about it. It does not exist to them. Now, let me be honest. In this business, I'm the only person who looks like me in prime time. I'm a unicorn. Megan has taken over for what used to be an African-American woman and a black man who had that slot and who actually did better than her in the ratings and who in this situation would have said it is never okay to do blackface. It would not be this controversy. So diversity is key. The people who are hiring people like Megan, like me and you should realize how important diversity is how important it is for their talent to know the history of this country and not say stupid things like, it's okay, it's always been okay for people to dress up uh, and, and as long as they're honoring and memorializing people. It's never okay. Well, first of all, can we give it up for Don Levin? Okay, yeah. Not bad. Yeah, not bye. only did he try to historicize and contextualize how problematic she was, he also basically read her for blood. For and blood. yes, for Phil's honey, yes, yes. Uh, but uh, so that, that's really nothing we got to say about this. We've talked on this on the show before about the problems, the problem with blackface and racialized Halloween costumes. But yeah, just as a reminder, Megan Kelly is the woman who said that that not only 
uh, was Jesus white, but the Santa Claus is white. Again, we talked earlier in the show with the folks from Actors Theater about fantastical creatures and mm-hmm, make believe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in Santa Claus, Papa yeah. Noel, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> Fred, Fred or Jacques, whoever he is, he's fake, right? Yeah, you know he's fake. Yeah. But she says no, Santa Claus is white. You know, and so again, what in people's imaginations? It's just weird. It's just within the white supremacist imagination. The only racial identity that translates to universality is white. Is whiteness. So again, even in fantasy, even in sci-fi, I mean, remember how wore out people were uh, behind the little black girl, Quavenjene? Yeah, Quavenjene Wallace, Uh, yeah. And even though her character in the book is black, they didn't see her that way. So when everybody's reading this book, they imagine her as a little white girl, right? This particular character, yeah. And when they cast Quavenjene in the role, they were like wore out by it. So... I mean, that's the thing about white supremacy. It's been a hell of an idea. And it translates into all walks of our lives, including even our own fantasies. So the the problem with white folks, you know, not only is it racist, you know, historically, but it's also like, I just think that in a lot of ways, white people just don't think. And again, that's what comes with privilege. You don't have to. You can be mediocre. You can be disorganized. You can be basically any kind of low level, no talent, no smarts, <laughs> yeah. right? And still do pr- quite well for yourself, yeah, yeah. right? Um, and this is what makes privilege and white privilege hard for white people to understand, especially when they haven't amounted to much, right? So they don't see privilege because they're like, well, in my life, I haven't I'm really not amounted rich. to yeah. Right, and I'm, I'm not smart, right? So uh, again, like, because they don't need to think because of privilege, they don't need to be intentional about their thought process. I think for her, it's like, well, I want to be Mariah Carey. And I've seen it, like, again, with drag queens (laughs) and stuff like that. You can be Mariah Carey if your outfit is on point, right? You got the black dress from Vision of Love. You got the the, uh, curly curly hair. The curly hair, you know. You don't need to go and find brown foundation (laughs) to put on your face. Like, that is so absurd to me. Like, if I wanted to be, if I wanted to be Kathy Bates, yeah. am I literally gonna go and try to paint my face clown yeah. white? Oh, when black women do you Madonna, when black drag queens do Madonna, they're not exactly. gonna put no white makeup, they're putting on cone breast, right? Or uh, some child. kind of corset. So so it's a ridiculous notion. That's what I'm saying. People are still gonna know what your costume is yeah. and who you're trying to be for Halloween. You don't need because to. Because the, the race is yeah. irrespective for the if, if, if race is what makes you a, a character, then that's right. not a good character. No, it's not. And again, yeah. you wanna be this person for Halloween. Right. And it has nothing to do with that. So I just I feel like this is the problem. I think that when white people try to excuse blackface for Halloween and when they try to do the kind of racialized one, when they dress up as geishas. Yeah. I hate that. When they dress up as indigenous women. I hate that. Right. I hate the white frat boys who always want to put on the rainbow Afro wig. I hate that. Right. So, I mean, there's always going to be one. Flavor Flav. Yeah. yeah, You know, with the big clocks and all this. I mean, they're just so extra. So, again, white people get your people. If you are a white accomplice, right, if you're someone who is anti-racist, your friend tells you that this is who they're going to be and this is what they plan to do, get your people. Yeah. Because that's the problem. White people don't talk to each other. So the white people that's woke don't speak to the white people that ain't. Yeah. And this is why it happens over and over and over again. Stop talking to black folk, anti-racist white folk. Talk to your people. Talk to your people. Well, That's why we in the place we in now. Absolutely. Well, on another note, you're my people, and I want to talk about your costume. Because uh-huh. I did a hint last uh-huh. week that there was a particular utensil. Uh, I know, <laughs> or, or and it made it sound so scandalous. Or instrument it, 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 uh, that, that, that was in y'all bedroom. And so we were, you, of course, having our, <laughs> you know, our semi-annual Sunday night sleepovers at your house. Uh, you know, so I'm hanging out in your missy bedroom, and of course, I always make my little pallet on the floor. I have my airbrush on the floor. And yes. We'll watch scary movies so we all fall asleep. And so, like, there's like this whip, like this, like, and not like a pretend whip, but like a like a legitimate, expensive, 
like whip hanging from y'all's dresser. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, like what's up? Like yeah. are y'all it's trying a to red like red and black whip. I'm yes. like keep the, I know y'all are newlyweds, but trying to keep the spice going. Well, and or stop like, saying that. We are not newlyweds. We've been married almost three years. Well, whatever. I know you're a newly, <laughs> newish wedding, you know, but I'm like, what's up with the whip? You know, and so so uh, the whip is because because not because I, of any kind of uh, bedroom antics, but because no, of what? No, the whip is as, as a part of my costume. Okay. And so me and Missy are going as S&M. Okay, I love it. I love yes. it. So you have the, like, the leather uh, vinyl effect? I effects. have a latex black dress, and I'm going to get me a long black wig, right? Okay, I love it. And I'm going to have my whip, and then Missy is going to be in this kind of a bl- all black latex yes. uh, tight outfit. As you're kind of as your sub, right? Yes. And, uh, and so that's going to be, and then she's going to do her facial hair and stuff because, you know, she's a drag king too. So she's going to do her facial hair and all that kind of stuff, but I'm going to be the dom and she's going to be the so sub. So very 50 is... shades of black, you know, like <laughs> yes, very, yes, yes your yes. inner dominatrix. So yeah, I love it. I See, wanted to go, I wanted to go, us to go as Morticia and Gomez Adams. But, but Missy does not like Gomez's suit. She's yeah. like, I'm never going to wear no pinstripe suit and no, I don't like his clothes. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh. Okay, the compromise so, is like an S&M yeah. effect. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. See that? But again, that wasn't. But no, but my hint was accurate, but listeners. But you sold it as a very salacious. Well, to me, it was. Know, it was salacious. Your it's, it's, you know. So anyway, uh, dear listeners, <laughs> happy Halloween season. We are in the final uh, days of the month, and so I hope that you're having a wonderful um, Halloween celebration. I'm I'm most looking forward to um, the day after Halloween when all the candy goes on sale at CVS and Walgreens and all those places. So, uh, but we'll talk more about that uh, in November. So until next time, Doc, say goodbye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Strange Fruit is produced by Louisville Public Media. Our editor is Laura Ellis. Our engineer is Kojin Tashiro. For more information about Strange Fruit, visit strangefruitpod.org. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Strange Fruit Pod. The views expressed on Strange Fruit do not reflect those of Louisville Public Media, its staff, or its underwriters. Strange Fruit is produced by me, Kyla Story. And me, Jason Gardner. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.